I've been involved with Youth with a Mission, Homes of Hope, in the San Diego Baja area of Mexico for more than a decade. Homes of Hope builds homes for the less fortunate with the help of teams from businesses, youth groups, churches, and other organizations. In two days' time, they can build a house for someone who doesn't have one. When you get there, you typically see somebody living out of a makeshift structure they've built out of cardboard, tarpaulins, plastic bags, and whatever wood they can scrape together. I've seen families who have dug a hole in the ground and are covering themselves up at night with a tarpaulin. Within the two days you spend building a home there, you see a family transformed by generosity. One family I helped build a home for was living out of a camper cap that's supposed to be attached to the back of a pickup truck. The camper part was sitting on their lot, and this couple with their two teenage sons were living in it. I don't know how they were doing it, but their situation was better than many others. In this area, homes are just not there for a lot of people. Homes of Hope works in that space where they help people figure out how to acquire some land. Then they recruit business and youth groups, churches, and other organizations to come and build that home in partnership with the family. At the end of the two days, a family will have a 16 by 20 foot home that's furnished and ready to move into. The impact this group has is multifold. The sense of pride and ownership helps elevate the confidence of the family getting that home. And having a house to grow up in completely changes the outcome of a child's life. Kids get sick a lot when they live on a dirt floor. Getting them onto a concrete floor helps improve their health, which enables them to go to school more consistently and get a better education. Then they can use that education to lift themselves and their families out of poverty. The impact is just so immediate, relevant, and transformative. This is Here We Grow, a show for growth-minded leaders looking for transformational impact, hosted by Marsha Barnes. The good work that you do can make transformational impacts for others. For example, youth programs helped San Pathak and Darye Henry find focus and entrepreneurial mindsets in their youth. In this episode of Here We Grow, Marsha speaks with San and Darye about After School HQ, the youth program management software, and business they created to connect young people with engaging after-school programs designed to put them on a path toward promising futures. Today we're welcoming my friends San Pathak and Daria Henry for, from After School Headquarters. After School HQ, I think, is the way that you call it, isn't it? Yep, yep. that's right. Good, good and exciting product. I've been tracking with you guys about a year on. I'm so pleased with where the direction you're headed with this and the problems it solves. But in your words, tell us about what After School HQ is. Can yeah. start with you, Daria? After School HQ, our main focus is really being a software platform, tech platform ultimately that helps youth program providers. And so really we focus on helping them engage with families better, help them manage their operations better, like day-to-day -day operations. And then last is really help them collect data and report their, their impact to funders, essentially. So right. that's really what we focus on is just, you know, enabling these program providers to just build thriving programs. Mm -hmm. 
So walk me through the process for a, for a, a parent or a youth participant. I'm interested in taking this after-school program, attending this after-school program on marketing. What would I do? Yeah. So let's say the you got the program provider, they're on the platform, they'll publish their programs on our platform. So that makes it easy for a parent to find it or, you know, they'll share it directly with the parent. Mm-hmm. And then the parent just goes in there, finds what they need, registers, you know, all the student information, pays if, they're, if there's a cost, and then that sends it over to the provider. So once they do that, they're registered, their kid's in the program, which surprisingly, that's actually... It's so much easier doing that process versus what people are usually doing now because it's usually flyers, you know, paper. Sometimes you still got to pay by check. Mm -hmm. And as a parent, you know, of three kids, that (laughs) always makes it hard, right? Like my kids miss a lot of programs because of that. Like you miss deadlines, you know, all that kind of stuff. So surprisingly, that's actually a really important problem to solve in order to get kids in programs, right? right? Just make it as easy as possible for parents. Great. Yeah. And uh, San, why is this important? Why is it important for kids and families to be able to participate in these types of programs? Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at the statistics pretty much across America between three to six, crime is spiking. It's because kids, they don't really have a place to go. And so in those communities where kids are just kind of roaming, trying to find you know, something to get into, it's usually trouble. Right. And, you know, even for myself growing up, I was in after school programs and one in particular that really took a, really took a liking to was in electronics and it helped me to figure out my career path in engineering. So if we can get more kids involved in youth programs, then we will actually help that crime spike between three to six go down. It also helps teen pregnancy go down, mm-hmm. graduation rates go up, better classroom behavior. So getting kids in these programs really helps with all a lot of issues that we're seeing in society. Right. Would you have found your way to engineering without having those after-school programs around you? Probably not. Okay. So when I was in this program, I remember learning about circuitry and I had a couple of friends that were in the program too. We did our fair share of misbehaving in that program, but <laughs> we did learn a lot about, you know, electronics and, and soldering and circuitry and things like that. So I went to Purdue University. My first year I was undeclared and I had a conversation with my academic advisor who asked me, you know, like, what are you interested in? And I thought back to that program and I was like, you know, this program that I was in, this is the one thing that really sparked my interest. It was the thing I was most interested in. So she recommended that I do electrical engineering technology. Yeah, that's awesome. Did you, in the, in the program you were in, did you get to meet other people who were in that career or did you experience mentoring in that program? Because I know that's some of what your current product is doing. There was mentoring that took place, mm-hmm. but it was not a like a mentorship program. There's always mentoring that takes place. Like when you connect with the teacher because you're enjoying the discipline or the thing that you're doing so much, if it's electronics or art or whatever it is, it does open your mind up as a, as a kid to be mentored by the person that's leading the program. There are a lot of programs that are specifically about mentoring. This one wasn't so much about that, mm-hmm. but just because I was enjoying what I was doing, it just kind of opened me up to listen to the person that was teaching the program on just other things about life. So right. that mentoring uh, component was there. Right. You know, I, I know um, I talk a lot in the book about my childhood and some of the stress environment that we were in um, due to addiction and abuse and things like that. And teachers or 
4-H leaders, which in your world would be a program, right? Or the Baptist youth group that I was in would be a program. Were part of the difference between me finding a pathway to break those cycles or not, or and my sisters. So yeah. none of us have repeated those cycles. If you give an adult a, a, an ACEs test about the childhood experiences they have, if there's a scoring to that, that if the score is at such a such a point, you're going to have a difficult time making it in life. You know, mm. for my score, it's like I'd be 98% likely to be in jail, probably for um, killing a man. So okay. not to scare yeah. you guys or anything. Right, but the yeah. <laughs> there's a whole backstory there. And then there's a corollary resilience test that they'll give you that asks you about, did you have one parent that loved you? Did you have a grandparent that spent time with you? Did you have a teacher in school who told you you were smart or capable? And that score is the predictor of how likely you are to be able to break through that model on the ACEs score. So I see your product and your life's work here, this thing that's trying, that's in your heart, that's trying to get out into the marketplace is to provide a platform for that to happen, for resiliency to be able to be developed. You know, I think Daria, you probably experienced some things early on in life too, that might've put you in a category to know how important this program is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think for, I mean, there's a lot to, there's a lot of backstory for sure. My mom, like she was a single parent, right? Mm -hmm. So raising me, she, and of course you don't notice when you're a kid, you just know you're in every, almost every program, Right. you know what I'm saying? That's going on. (laughs) We're just always doing something, but she kept me involved in many different programs. And it's funny, as we got older, I realized, and she started to share more, she was looking for mentors for me. She wanted me to be able to see Beautiful. other people yeah. in those situations. And so I was in, I mean, I was in sports. Obviously, I was in, I was in Boy Scouts. I was in Children's Museum, had like an employment program. Right. I did a video program where I learned how to do this kind of stuff. Right. Right. Um, music, engineering, entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. And so getting exposure to all that, and you're right, like, That's really interesting, like the test you just mentioned, because I can definitely see when you have key people in your life that can pull you out of something where you see something different versus if nobody's saying that to you, you know, you all you do is look at maybe the bad influences. Right. And I would definitely say I had a lot of opportunity to Mm -hmm. I I would say it was like 50 50. Right. Even with all the good influence, it still was. I had a lot of choices to do a lot of wrong things, you know, and do right things as well. And having that pull towards doing good things was very important in my life. Uh, And that's, again, going back to what me and San and what our hope is, really is that, like, providing more space and opportunities for kids that have experiences like we did. Right. Because it did make a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I noticed with your product is I'm coming to really understand that in this country, the best way to create generational wealth, to be able to cover the wage gap, to be able to help people thrive in more than just this lifetime, right, is entrepreneurship. It's owning a business. You know, so many times our our students in school are aiming at getting jobs at big corporate entities, Fortune 500. They move to the coast. You know, Indiana loses a lot of its brain talent, right? And really what we, in my opinion, what's needed there is to be able to help young people understand that the pathway to owning a business is a good 
way to create wealth and have a career. What you guys are doing is you're opening up doors for them to meet other entrepreneurs. And uh, you've talked to me before about being able to see themselves in that role. What kind of programs are people engaging in that's helping them be able to get that kind of view of life? Yeah, there's one program on our platform that sticks out. There's one called Urban Youth Entrepreneurship. Mm, yeah. uh, and they do focus on teaching kids like all of that, right? They do. And they do a lot with technology as well, because a lot of when you think about entrepreneurship, a lot of it is learning what's new out there, you know, cutting edge in a way. Right. Because you have to think about how you keep advancing society. Like when I think about entrepreneurship, that's what I think about. You're really about solving problems for other people. We do see a lot of that. And there's also other programs that do financial literacy as oh, well, because that's, that's, that's an right. important part of it. And then again, going back to entrepreneurship, that is a, I do believe that's somewhere you need to see somebody right. doing it. You know, like a book just doesn't cover it. Mm -hmm. And so I do notice the programs that have like meant those typically have mentoring in them as well. Because I, I, I would say for me and, you know, growing up, there's always some kind of like side hustle, you know yeah. what I'm saying, going on. Right. And there's a lot of that, you know, even with kids who don't have access, right? You're always figuring out like how to earn, how to do something. And so did a lot of that growing up, but I don't know that I had like mentors who I could be like, oh, that's what an entrepreneur is. And once I start seeing that, because when I graduated from uh, college, I actually ended up working at a startup. I didn't know what a startup was, mm -hmm. but I had such close proximity to entrepreneurs who also were like, hey, you could do this. And then it became like, oh, this is a real... Thing I can do in life. I don't have to just do a career. Right. And that really changed my mentality there. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, going back to the original question, there are programs that do that. And that's something we hope to see a lot more of as well. Right. Sam, from your, his, from your background, who was it that first told you, you've got what it takes, you can run a business, <clears throat> you're the find of a lifetime, we're not about our past <laughs> or our future. Who, who was that voice speaking into you? It was really a set of circumstances oh, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, well, actually, you know, it was really Darye. So Darye, he's been an entrepreneur for the audience. Darye is my brother-in-law. So I've known him since I was 17. Oh, cool. Yeah. So coming out of college, I got a job and I was an engineer. And then he was, he had a, he had a software development shop um, and he needed some help. So he convinced me to leave my the safety of my job and uh, work with him. As, right. And uh, it was good though. Like I learned how to do a lot of different types of development. So it actually like expanded my tool set. That was my first taste into like, all right, you know, like if we, you know, if, if there's not new business closed, then we are not making paychecks. You know what I mean? Right. Which was scary, but eye-opening, but just kind of seeing that, you know, that it was possible kind of broadened my horizon. So we had a couple of runs together with entrepreneurship and then um, we worked on After School HQ together in the background where we were doing other jobs and then raised money and then started working on this full time together. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, Daria, you're kind of bringing this next generation along to follow follow where you're headed. Mm -hmm. Who did that for you? I have to say that's John Wexler. So he, that, is, yeah. he is a force in the city he on is. entrepreneurship, isn't he? I absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He's a wonderful entrepreneur. He's a great person. Mm -hmm. And he's very like kind, you know, and that's actually where I worked when I came out of college. So, you know, funny enough, when I got my first internship, so this is like before my last year of college, ended up working at a startup where I had to do free 
work. Like I couldn't get an internship, right? Mm-hmm. It was difficult. So I did a free internship. Two weeks in, that company closes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, but what happened was John Wexler happened. He was, his company was next door. It's called Wish You. And they ended up basically hiring everyone there. And I'm, of course, I'm the free intern. So he didn't have to pay me, but he came <laughs> to me during on payday and he gave me a check. And I was like, that was so meaningful That's for me. John. Yeah. yeah. And because I was driving there, didn't have gas money, you know, things of that nature. So John's a great, he's been a mentor to me. He's still a mentor and a friend and has been guiding me in all my business ventures as well. Yeah. yeah he's um, certainly been at the at the shoulder of a lot of big success stories. And it's good to see his spoke note taking off now. Oh, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's an incredible product. You also have both been providing jobs for folks. So that's another space where you are able to invite people into the economic equation of your business and, and um, have solid relationships and encourage them. Santa, has this been the first business that you've owned? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. So what's that experience felt like to you where you're you're now the job provider? Yeah. Well, that's one of the, my favorite parts about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, aside from hearing all of the the stories from the youth program leaders that we're supporting, just being able to bring people along for this journey, develop the talent. So prior to this, I was a CEO at Element 3. Mm-hmm. And so Tiffany Souter right. and Karen Cicadas, they were really core to helping me understand like how to develop people right. and develop as a leader. Nobody does it better than those two. They yeah. model the way, right? They're yeah. always learning and growing. Absolutely. Yeah. So I kind of, it was there. I mean, I've always really like just loved connecting with people mm-hmm. and I care about them deeply, but it's just, it's a different thing to like, how do you, how do you like do the professional development side? So learning about that element three, I brought all those tools into after school HQ and um, we've brought folks on that didn't know anything about marketing, but just had like a eagerness to learn. Mm-hmm. And they're now doing HubSpot automation and, you know, helping us with growth marketing and things like that. So from like a hard skill standpoint, it's been really awesome to see people grow. And we also have, I'd say, a really cool company culture because we have a lot of team members that are really just from different cultures. Like one day I made a slide of all of the flags that represent the countries. And nationalities in our company. Oh, it was wow. just, yeah, it was, it was full of different flags. Right. And so that was really cool to see. But we learned a lot about just different cultures and everybody's, uh, you know, you know, nationalities and just like things like that. So, right. yeah, it's really awesome. It is indeed. This isn't your first time to the rodeo on having team members and employees. But tell me about where, what gives you joy about providing jobs? I really love working with people who I feel like people have been overlooked in other situations. Yeah. Maybe because that's how I feel, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I think a lot of entrepreneurs probably feel that way too, but I like the fact that, you know, being able to see, like Sam was saying, you can see raw talent. You see people who are passionate mm-hmm. and then you bring them in and they probably were overlooked by other companies who maybe didn't have the skill set, like, again, referring to like the skill set to actually lead and develop. And so it's been really fun to see you know, our team members grow, interact, that you're providing for families. Right. That's a major impact to me. That I, something I'm grateful for because, again, going back to, you know, helping individuals build wealth, like I do see that as part of it. And the other part is since we're doing a tech company, we can, you, you can have people who have had those talents in other, you know, organizations, but they can come to a tech company and get paid a very different salary. 
mm-hmm. right? Because the impact is different in what right. they're doing. And so I, I love to see that upgrade, mm-hmm. you know, right. uh, where people can do that because it's meaningful whether they stay at after school HQ or not, right? right. They can move on. And that kind of goes back to how John Wexler like mentors as well. Like it's not just he's like, hey, you need to stay with my company. It's like, hey, let me help you. You go off, do big things, right. et cetera. So that's what I, I love to see. And I think we're seeing that with our company. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So we've talked about the employees you're impacting. We've talked about how the children and participants and families are being impacted. But you're also solving a big problem for these providers, limited on resources. They don't have resources for marketing or sales or to have business development. You're trying to speed that up for them and help them with that. Tell me about how that's working so far with the product. Yeah, I think it's working well. So if you look at you know, the type of people who are running these organizations mm-hmm. and a lot of nonprofit, a right? lot of nonprofit yeah. work. Yeah. And so my mom's a great example. Mm-hmm. So my mom, she started a program to urban farm here in Indianapolis. When she first started, she was just like, uh, she took early retirement, just like, I want to help kids. Mm-hmm. Right. And so there was no big business plan. Right. There wasn't like a bunch of advisors, mm-hmm. When like she raised money, it was just like, I'm retired, let's go, right? And so what that says to me and what you see a lot of times is passion first. Right. Like it's all about helping. And so when you think about that, that also can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. And so you have people who are doing the most with the least. Right. Big know? vision. Yes. Lots of passion. Solving a problem the world needs. But yes, we got to get shit done, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. That's exactly it. And it, and and so you just going head first into it, and you know sometimes you you really realistically you run out of energy. You don't want to, right? Because the people you're serving and the kids and the young people they need you every mm-hmm. day. Yeah, they could need you twenty four seven. Right. And so one, that's why we're passionate about helping. Mm-hmm. And I was in that position where I was working with young people. I, I was doing team ministry at my church and I actually did burn out. Like I physically burnt out mm-hmm. because I was just working too much. I was, I was an entrepreneur, which already is a lot of hours. And then I was doing ministry. Might as well add another 20 hours. Right. And then on top of that, I got my family. Right. My kids were young. And then I still felt bad. You know, you want to do more. And so, but because of that, I was just doing too much and Mm -hmm. I uh, physically burnt out, wasn't able to work for like three months. Mm -hmm. And then also, obviously, the work I was doing with young people had to come to us, you know, end that point too. And that, that, that hurt me. That hurt the people I was working with. And so being a person, also thinking about problem solving and using technology, that's where the software comes to play, right? Mm -hmm. Now we can enable organizations to spend less time doing the stuff they didn't want to do in the first place. Right. Right. Like nobody says, Hey, I want to help kids and I want to spend, you know, 20 hours a week doing paperwork. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, it's not what you think about when you first, that's not the dream, <laughs> you yeah. know, but it's, it's part of the reality. And so again, if we can help take that burden off, it's having a big impact on the organizations. Right. San, you um, shared with me one of the partners, Daughters Beyond Incarceration. Yeah. Tell our audience about what they're doing with the platform. Yeah. So we have a really awesome program on the platform in New Orleans. Dominic is the is the leader and the founder of that program. So when we first when I first talked to Dominique, she came in through our funnel, booked a call, talked to her, and she was really emotional because she was uh 
she actually just got out of a meeting with city council because she was fighting for incarcerated parents to be able to watch their kids graduate from high school through screen, through a, like a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. So she got that passed and then it allows, you know, parents that are incarcerated to be connected with their kids during that pivotal moment in their life. So she was really happy about that. Her main thing is she is trying to help reinforce and strengthen that relationship for mainly women, right? young girls who have a parent that's incarcerated. And, um, you know, when you, you talk about like the tools that are needed to make all of this happen, you know, they are receiving grants from foundations and they got to report on the impact and the, you know, the evaluation of the impact they're making on those students. And so when she came across our platform, we showed it to her. She was super excited. And um, yeah, so she's been a customer of ours since the summer. That's yeah. awesome. What a great opportunity for not only for her organization, but all the people that they'll impact yeah. and, and their city. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's something that will break cycles of poverty, addiction, and abuse for yeah. certain. So let's talk about the business. It's You're getting results. You're in you're a startup. You're in this growth mode. But you've accomplished some really good results, too, along the way. What, what are some of the things that, that we've been able to accomplish so far? Yeah, one of the biggest ones that we track is how many hours of education that are provided by organizations that use our platform. And actually, in August, we, cro- we crossed the 1 million hours of education wow. mark. And yeah, I mean, that that's so significant because it's, it's a really great metric. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you do look at like how many hours, you know, are kids being exposed to, to great programs mm-hmm. where, just like San said earlier, between 3 to 6 p.m., like if you think about the hours where you're unsupervised and the hours where you could be getting in trouble. Right. Right. And I, I remember those times, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like after school, you know, some of the things that were going on. And so that is, to me, probably the most important metric I look at. Right. So that, that was a great milestone as a company to cross. Absolutely. Anything else stand out? I would say like now we're in 36 states. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, that's been major because, you know, initially, of course, we're like Indiana. We have, you know, great customer base here. But you start seeing like, you know, your solution and, and what you've been dreaming about is actually impacting people right. across the state, yeah. across the U.S. And so that's been really impactful for us to see as well. It's terrific. Certainly picking up steam as you go along. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. been good to see, too. I do always like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast with us to think about a time when you've seen somebody go through massive transformation. You know, I find transformation is really what running businesses is all about. You're trying to get from here to there. And there's in transformation, there's a noticeable change in form or or substance. And you two have been working, living in this space where you have lots of opportunities to see greatness happening in people. But if you would each share of time when you saw someone really transform their lives and what that looked like to you. Yeah, I mean, I can go I can go first. So, this was a person that I used to work with, right. uh, you know, the first job I I worked at and um this is a faith transformation. So, I'm a person of faith. Right. And I used to walk by this person every single day and uh something was just telling me to talk to him and uh, I was ignoring it because I mean, I didn't know him and mm-hmm. He was new and it was uncomfortable. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He's like, (laughs) and you're like, is this me or is this the Lord speaking to me? You know what I'm saying? So, but it was consistent every day. So finally I went up to him. I was like, Hey, what's going on? He was clearly very upset 
that day. Mm -hmm. And he was going through a separation with his wife. Mm -hmm. So he was kind of in the dumps. And I was like, uh, I don't know why, but the first thing that came into my mind was um, to ask him if he would mind if I came to his house to read the Bible with him. Mm -hmm. Very strange question, <laughs> but I went out on a limb and I asked him and um, he was like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. I was like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so, you know, but what's crazy too is that um, it started a Bible study because more people from work would come to his, he had an apartment close to the house. Like we had people coming from work to join the Bible study at his house. Oh, wow. And then eventually with so many people, we moved it back to work. But anyways, about four Bible studies in, he just, he, he like, he, you know, he got lit on fire for <laughs> the Lord. I mean, it was, and so he was like, we need to go knock on doors and just share our faith with everybody. And I was like, okay. <laughs> was that part was of you going, holy. Yeah, it. exactly. I was, like, yeah, I was like, that's very uncomfortable even for me that shared the, you know, my faith with you. But we did it. We did it for two years and wow. um, knocked on like almost every door in every apartment complex on the south side of Indianapolis. And there are folks that knew him like that were telling me like, you know, this guy, he used to he used to fight people at work, you know, like oh, when wow. you would have a problem, like physically be fighting people and uh, folks that knew him before and knew him after, like, this is not the same person. So I don't know what, it's kind of a testament to God really right, and how God right. can transform somebody's life, transform yeah. their heart. Right. They're like, I don't know what happened to him, but that's not the same person that, that I used to know before he worked here and knew you. Right. God can put it on anybody's heart to connect with that guy and ask mm -hmm. that question. Would, can, how can I help? Right. But he invited you, God invited you into what he was going to do with that gentleman. Yeah. And I find that to be a deeply relational, romantic pursuit of my heart that mm -hmm. God does all the time. So yeah. those are always beautiful times when that happens. Yeah. And I'm going to bet you changed in substance and form too. Absolutely. <laughs> You're not yeah. afraid to knock on a door anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it's interesting because God is, uh, you know, when he lays something on your heart, it made me really think about the times that I ignored it. And, um, you know, how could he have incorporated me into something that he was trying to do yeah. if I didn't during those times? So I never again ignored like a conviction that I felt to go speak to somebody. Right. That's um, awesome. Darie, what's your transformation story? Yeah, of course, Sam gave me time to think about it. Um, <laughs> you know, I think I'll say mine, you know, it's, it's the one I'm most familiar with. Right. And I think it even goes back to this conversation about like mentoring as well. Right. So I was a rapper in high school, college, and w but included everything you can imagine about rap. You know what I'm saying? There's a lifestyle. And what would those things be? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you I, say I, rapper like I should understand yeah, the label, but. <laughs> no, nah, that's true. So we had a big crew. Right. You know, parties all the time. Mm -hmm. Obviously trying to talk to women all the time. Right. This Talk to PG, women. This is most PG-13. This is a PG-13 version for sure. <laughs> we could just yeah. blank it all out and go, sin, 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 yeah, sin, yeah, sin, yeah, sin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, and then on top of that, what 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 we were rapping about, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, as well. And, but in the middle of all that, even the group we were in, like everyone, we all were, all had broken lives. Mm -hmm. Things that were going on. Yeah. You know, and for me, like, my household growing up, single mom, but my, you know, my dad was an addict, right? And so that impacted a lot, right. right? And so I didn't grow up with a father in the house and there was a strong desire for that. It, it's kind of interesting. I didn't have a strong desire. And then all of a sudden God put me at, at, in, a, in a family situation where I was visiting a family and I got to see that 
dynamic of having a father in the house. All of a sudden, I was like, man, I wanted that. I missed it mm-hmm. all of a sudden. And then a month or two later, my dad passed away. Oh, goodness. But that's where I met my pastor. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because he couldn't get the standard pastor of the church because you had to be a member and all that. But the pastor that came got out of addiction also. And that was a sermon I needed to hear. Glory. Yeah. So that pastor really, he became a mentor to me and like a a father. And that really changed my outlook on life, if you think about it. Right. Because I think up to that point, it was all, you know, depressing, hopeless type of thing. And he gave me a vision of something different. And so I think from there with that hope and then also obviously belief in Christ that that was obviously the most significant change once that happened. But that took me from a, like Sam was even just saying for somebody who I was probably on fire for all the wrong things. Somebody on fire for the right things. Um, And so I feel like that was a big moral shift without that part happening in life. You know, none of the other stuff that's happened since then could have happened. Right. And of course there's been other significant changes, you know, even, even lately kind of, like, I'll just say this, at 20 years old, I would have never, I don't think my 20-year-old self, we even liked, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how opposite it is, right. who I've become. But I'm very happy where I'm at, you know, and kind mm-hmm. of what we're doing. And, and and also happy that, again, we can be, you know, working on something where I can actually pour my passion into, right? Mm-hmm. That's something I can consider life work. That's a mixture of so many things that I love to do. But yeah, that that was probably the most significant change I could think of. And your crew? Yes, crew too. We all (laughs) did. We all did. And that's significant too, because it's hard where, and and when I say crew, I mean, we're talking about, now, initially it was like 10 people, Mm -hmm. but you're talking about a crew of like seven people all kind of collectively going, you know what I'm saying, making a decision to follow God, you know, it, that's, that's significant. It is indeed. It, it was yeah. very unique. Um, and, and it, it, it grew accountability and, and love and care at the same time. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Are you still connected with the folks from the crew? Yeah, we are. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to bet there's a lot of transformation that's been happening over the years there. Yeah, there has. And, and going back to even like the, the model of where, you know, one person and it, it just spreads mm-hmm. because the impact that every person has made too. And just like Sam said, and Sam was part of that crew too. <laughs> so <laughs> we're all part of it. But the impact, how it goes from one person to the next to the next. And, right. and that's just been wonderful to see. Right. That's remarkable. Thanks for sharing those stories. That's, that's really remarkable. And I think our listeners can see what I see in you guys and the reason why we come behind you and try to help you here from Valve and Meter and and connect you to folks that are investors and things is because I think, and we think that this is a story that God's trying to get out into the marketplace to do his will. Yeah. So how do people get in touch with you about investing and getting this thing really going? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they can always email one, either me or Sam. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my email is just Daria at afterschoolhq.com. That's D-A-R-Y-E. My email is San, S-A-N, at afterschoolhq.com. Great. If I'm a program provider, how do I connect with After School HQ? You can just head over to afterschoolhq.com mm-hmm. and then you can click 
get started. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's great. And, that, and that's all you need to do. Yep. And if I'm a parent or a kid that's looking for a connection through your platform, same thing as a provider would do or is that? Yeah, you can always reach out. So uh, a lot of times we'll have, especially if you're in Indianapolis, um, there's some directories we have, but you can always email support at afterschoolhq.com just to learn, you know, reach out and say, hey, how can I find a program in my area? Mm -hmm. And even the other thing you could do is suggest, you know, an area or programs that should work with us as right. well. Yeah, That's fantastic. Gentlemen, thanks a lot for your time today. I'm super excited about what you're doing in our city, in our state, in our country, in the world. Um, you're going to heal the world with this type of work. So thank you very much. Appreciate thank it. You thank you, Marcus. Thank you for joining us for Here We Grow. This show is proudly brought to you by Valve and Meter Performance Marketing. Be sure to check out the show notes for exclusive content that will help you become a transformational leader. For more, visit mathbeforemarketing.com slash podcast.